1: Help new listeners find us, and we enjoy reading your feedback. This episode is brought to you by Soft Winds Blowing. Tonight, we'll read the tale of Fritjof the Bold, found in Northland Heroes, written by Florence Holbrook and published in 1909. The author was an educator, author, and speaker involved in the peace movement. During the early years of the 20th century, she was an ardent pacifist, a suffragist, and a believer in public education as the foundation for a democratic society. Let's get cozy. Close your eyes, relax your body into the softness. Of your bed. Now take a few deep breaths in Hilding's garden. So they grew up in joy and glee and Fritjof was the young oak tree. Unfolding in the veil serenely, the rose was Ingeborg the queenly. In the garden of Hilding the teacher were two young children. Ingeborg was a princess, the daughter of the king of Norway. The boy, Fritjof, was a viking son their fathers king beala and thorsten were good friends and the children were brought up together in the home of hilding their foster father and teacher hilding was very fond of them both he called the boy freychof and oak for he was as straight and strong as a large tree. The little Ingeborg he called his rose. She was so rosy and sweet. All day roaming over field and grove, the strong lad cared for the little maid. If they came to a swift-flowing brook, he would carry her over. When the first spring flowers showed their pretty heads, Fritjof gathered them for Ingeborg. For her he found the red berries and the golden-cheeked apples. In the evening, they sat at the feet of their kind teacher, and together they learned to read. Often they danced on the sward at twilight when they looked like golden-haired elves in a fairy dance. When Fritjof had grown into a sturdy youth, he often hunted in the forests. He was so strong that he needed neither spear nor lance. When he met the wild bear, they struggled breast to breast. Both bear and youth fought bravely, but at last, Fritjof won. Home he went gaily, where Ingeborg praised his bravery and strength. While Fritjof roamed the forest for game, Ingeborg, at the loom, wove beautiful tapestries. Pictures of sea and grove, blue waters and waving trees grew under her deft fingers. Then she wove warriors on horseback with their shining shields and their bright red lances. Soon the face of the leader was seen. T'was the face of her brave playmate, Tritjof. In the long winter evenings around the fire, Ingeborg heard the story of the gods The light shining upon her fair face made her lovely as one of the goddesses. Frithjof thought her hair as golden as Freya's treasure. When darkness held the quiet earth, they gathered round the welcome hearth, and Hilding told them stories old, of gods and kings and heroes bold. So Fritjof and the lovely Ingeborg grew to love each other. But when Hilding saw that the Viking's son dared to love the daughter of a king, he said, Fritjof, my dear foster son, in vain are your hopes. Ingeborg is a king's daughter. Your reason should tell you that you cannot marry her. Proud is King Biela of his family descended from the great god Odin. He will have his daughter marry a prince. You are not royalty. Well do I love you. Brave and handsome are you, and strong as any prince. But you must forget your love for Ingeborg. Then the brave youth smiled and said, I am freeborn, and never will I yield all power is noble. Thor, who hurls the thunderbolts, is noble, although Odin is king of the gods. So freeborn men shall never yield, though kings are on the throne. In Thor's kingdom, where all strength is, worth is king, not lineage. The sword always speaks with power, Never will I forget Ingeborg, but will fight all the world for her. In the great palace stood the old King Biela and his friend, Thorsten the Faithful. Both had lived brave lives and longed for Valhalla, the home of heroes. The evening of life comes over me said king biela but the glory of heaven seems brighter i have called our sons to the throne room dear friend to speak words of warning and help into the throne room came the two princes obedient to their father's command helga the elder was dark and gloomy Hulfdan, the younger, fair and gay, came with untroubled heart, thinking only of games and hunting. After these came Fritjof, son of Thorsten, taller and stronger than the princes. He stood between the brothers, shining in beauty like the sun. Sons of my heart said the king gently. My life on earth is coming to an end. Rule the kingdom together. While you are united, no power can destroy you. Let freedom bloom through all the land and use your power, O Helga, as a shield for your people. The power the king possesses comes from the people, and foolish is the ruler who is cruel and hears not their cry. The great and good king is merciful, and kindness can do more than cruelty. Boast not of the greatness of your ancestors. Each man uses but one bowstring, and that is his own. Who cares for the worth that is buried? The good man is true to his own heart, and thus makes himself great. A joyous spirit is yours, O Halfden, and it is good, but idle talk is needless and weakens kings. Hold fast to your friend, And choose the best, but do not give your love and faith to all men. Fools win no praise, though they be kings, but the wise are loved and honored by all men, no matter how lowly they may be. Then Thorsten spake, Not alone, O Biela, shall you go to Odin, always have we stood together. Hear me, my son, my Fritjof, and slight not the words of the old. First, give the gods high honor, for, good or ill, storms come as well as sunshine by heaven's will. Great strength is heaven's tower, but, Fritjof, Learn that power, devoid of wisdom, can little earn. Obey your king. One must be king, and others are happiest when obeying wise directions. The shields of brave men are the best protection for a country against the swords of an enemy, and law is the best defense against treason young men should listen to advice and should test the strength of friendship by use. All men will surely perish with all they prize, but one thing I know, Fritjof, which never dies, and that is reputation. Therefore, ever the noble action strive for, the good endeavor." It was pleasant to hear Biela and Thorsten talk of their lives together. Much they told of the wonderful adventures of their youth when they traveled to strange lands in their swift moving boats. They had been friends through good fortune and ill, with hands clasped together and hearts united. In battle, they had stood back to back, facing their enemies. If one was threatened by an enemy, the other was on guard and defended his friend. The king spoke much of the bravery of Hrityov and said that his heroic power was better than all royal birth. Thorsten, in return, praised the gifts of Helga and Halfden. Thus did they give an example of friendship between a king and his man. With the memory of their long friendship, King Biela urged his sons and Frithjof to be friends too. But hold ye fast together, ye children three, the Northland, then your conqueror shall never see, for royalty and power, when duly ordered, are like a bright shield golden, by blue steel bordered. Again spoke Biela, these are my last commands, on you, O Hulga, my eldest son, I place a father's care. Guard and love your sister Ingeborg. Be gentle and guide her with loving words. Noble spirits fret under harshness, but loving and gentle manners win all to right and honor. So, the old king and his faithful friend were united in the shore of the loud singing sea. Together by the wish of the people did his sons, Helga and Halfdan, rule the kingdom. Fritjof, the son of Thorsten, went to his father's hall, the mighty Framnus, For twelve miles in all directions stretched his broad acres. The hilltops were covered with birch forests. On the sloping sides grew the golden corn and the tall rye. Many blue lakes gleamed like mirrors. Streams rippled over the pebbly beds. In the wide valleys, herds of oxen and sheep were quietly grazing, and in the stables were twenty-four steeds swift as the whirlwind. In the great hall built of choicest fur, More than 500 warriors gathered at yule time. A great table of oak, polished and shining, ran through the middle from end to end. The floor was covered with straw. And on the hearth, in the center of the hall, a warm and cheerful fire, was always burning. On the great nails in the hall hung helmets and coats of mail. Between them flashed swords and sparkling shields. Round the table sat the warriors, and as often as the drinking horn needed filling, fair maidens came with the joyous maid. All this and other vast treasures did Fritjof receive from his father. Scarce was there found in the Northland any with richer possessions, save were he heir to a kingdom, for of kings is the wealth always greatest. Though from no king he descended, yet was his mind truly royal, courteous, noble, and kind daily became he more famous rich was the house of Framnes. everywhere plenty and beauty gleaming jewels gold and silver met the eye of the stranger but three things in Framnes were most prized by Fritjolf and his brave men first of the three was a sword which had descended from father to son the sword was called ungervadl grief-wader and brother of lightning made in the far east it had finally come into the hands of viking the father of thorsten when the Viking was a mere youth of fifteen, he heard of a monster ferocious and shaggy, named Ironskull, who came from the wood to the palace of a weak old king. This king had a lovely daughter, and the monster boldly demanded her hand and the kingdom, offering to meet in hand-to-hand combat any who would say him nay. No one dared to meet him, for no one had a weapon that could slay him. Then came a Viking gladly to the combat with Iron Skull, and with one blow of his good sword, Anger Vedel, slay the monster and rescued the maiden. This Viking gave the sword to his son Thorsten, and Thorsten gave it to Fritjof. The hilt was of hammered gold, covered with mystic red letters. Whenever he drew the sword, light filled the hall, as when the northern lights gleam or the bright lightning flashes. The second prize in Framnus was the wonderful arm ring forged by Voland, the lame blacksmith. This ring was made of gold and was very heavy, and upon it, Voland had carved pictures. First he showed the house of the gods with twelve high castles. In one was the sun rising over the ocean. In the second castle were Odin and Saga, drinking together from a golden shell. That shell is the ocean gilded by the glow of morning. Balder, the beautiful king of summer, was seen, the good, kind god. Next was shown the castle of Giltner, the home of peace. Within was Forseti, God of Justice Holding the Scales. Many more pictures were graven on the Great Ring, showing the conflict between light and darkness. High in the center was a cluster of rubies bright as the sun in the heavens. This circlet was a family heirloom. For Fritjof's mother was a descendant of Voland, its maker. The third of the family treasures was Elida, the famous ship, of which this story is told. When the ancestral Viking was returning from the wars, he saw a sailor adrift on the billows. Noble and tall, he seemed, born on the waves as if he were at home on the sea. He wore a mantle of blue bound by a golden girdle. His hair was sea-green, and his beard as white as the foam of the ocean. The Viking took him home and cared for him right courteously, but soon he sailed away in his broken boat thanking the Viking warmly for his kindness. If I could only leave thee a gift, said he, perhaps in the morning the ocean will waft thee a token. The next day the Viking stood on the shore when, lo, swiftly over the billows came a dragon ship. There was no leader, no sailor, No steersman. The wonderful ship drew near. The sails were furled by unseen hands, and the anchor dropped into the firm sand. The Viking was speechless with wonder. Then he heard the winds murmur softly, Ægá, never forgetteth a kindness. He giveth thee this dragon. Kingly the gift and beautiful. Its throat was ablaze with gold, and bordered with red were its inky black pinions. When they were unfolded, the boat flew in a race with the whirlwind and left far behind the swift eagle. Widely renowned was the ship, the chief of all ships of the Northland. Of chieftains, Fritjof had many around his hearth. One youth whom he greatly loved was Bjorn. Fritjof and Bjorn were of the same age and dear to each other, brothers in joy and grief. In the spring, Fritjof sailed in his dragon ship proudly over the billows to the palace of King Hulga. The kings had met at the mound of their father to give justice to their people. To them came Fritjof and proudly he spoke, Ye kings, I choose here from all women your sister, the lovely Ingeborg, to be my bride. The good king, your father, wished us to marry, and therefore reared us together in the garden of Hilding. My father was of peasant birth, yet his memory will live in the songs of the poets, for he and his father were the bravest of heroes. Full easily could I win a kingdom for myself but I choose to stay in my own country and serve ye my kings. But King Helga refused Fritjof's words with scorn, saying, Our sister was not for a peasant born. Kings should strive to win our Ingeborg. Boast not of your strength. Women are won by words and not by force. As for my kingdom... I will defend that myself and do not need your help. If you wish to be my man, your place is among my servants. Thy servant? No, never, cried Fritjof. My father had no master, nor shall I. Fly from your silver dwelling to avenge this insult, my good Angarvedel. You at least are royal. Were we not at the grave of thy father, O king, here would I teach thee not to come where my sword can reach. With these words, he struck the gold shield of Helga, and it fell in halves with a clang to the ground. Well done, my sword. Lie still and dream of great deeds to come. Now will we go home over the foaming billows. So did the noble Fritjof leave the presence of King Helga and return to Framnes, the house of his fathers. Far in the north lived the good King Ring. His words were wise and kind. In his land no war cast its dark shadow, and everywhere in his kingdom blossomed fair flowers. Justice and right clasped hands, and peace lived with plenty in the golden fields. For thirty years King Ring had ruled in the Northland. The people loved him well and named him in their evening prayers. His good queen had died, and long had he mourned for her, but the people begged him to marry again. At last, the old king said, King Biela often visited me and spake of his fair daughter. Here would I choose for my bride take gold and jewels rare from my coffers, have minstrels go, and with their songs win for me the fair Ingeborg. In gay company, they went to Helga's court and asked him for his sister Ingeborg. Here they remained three days, singing and feasting. On the fourth morning, they asked for a reply from King Helga for their king. In the grove of Baldr, Helga offered bird and beast and asked the priest what answer he should give. The priest, frightened by omens, replied that Ingeborg must not be given to King Ring. Then Helga said nay to the messengers for men must obey when the gods have spoken. Over the sea many a dragon ship came hurrying, and the plumes of the warriors waved in the breeze. When King Helga heard of the ships and the warriors hurrying over the sea, he said, To protect my sister, we must place her in the temple of Baldur the Holy, While King Helga gathered his warriors to fight King Ring, Fritjof was playing chess with his friend Bjorn. Hilding sadly, Is this the reply to my pleading you to help me? Fritjof then arises, laying Hilding's hand in his, and saying, My resolve is firm and steady, And my answer you have heard. Go to Biela's sons and warn them. Peasants love not those who scorn them. To their power I bid defiance. Their behest will not obey. In thy chosen way abide thee. For thy wrath I cannot chide thee. Odin must be our reliance. Hilding said and went on his way. While King Biela's sons were preparing for war with King Ring, Fritjof sought Ingeborg in the grove of Balder. Most beautiful was this temple of the sun god, and here the sunshine seemed lovelier than in other groves. The flowers glowed in the friendly rays and seemed more beautiful. At night, When evening drew the rosy curtain, the brooks and breezes whispered softly to one another and the stars gleamed like pearls upon the dark blue robe of night. The wonderful boat, Elida, sped over the waves sparkling in the moonlight. Glide on, Elida, over the deep gulf and bear me swiftly to the grove of Baldur. I hail thee, moon, with thy pale light streaming over grove and dale upon the shore, I leap with joy and salute thy brown cheek, smiling earth. So spake Frijolf as he landed on the shore. The earth seemed friendly, the red and white flowers smiled upon him, and he was happy and carefree. With Ingeborg, the brave youth knelt at the shrine of Balder, the mild, radiant god of the sun, whom all gods and men love, and prayed for happiness and peace. They prayed not for princely honors, but for a home near the dark blue sea. Then, amid flowers and under the shade of the leafy trees, their lives would be happy and free from envy and care. Fritjof said farewell to Ingeborg with sadness in his heart. Like Balder are you, Ingeborg, like him your hair is golden, and your eyes are blue as the skies, while your soul is as pure as the morning light. A meeting of all the warriors had been called by King Helga. They were to gather at the mound of Biela to decide upon the war and upon the fate of Ingeborg. The princess had urged Fritjof to go and offer his hand to the haughty king and join him in battle. It had been very hard for Fritjof to consent for he felt that Helga would not receive him kindly. Now, in Baldur's grove, Ingeborg waited to hear how her lover had fared. Bravely, she resolved to meet her fate. Then Preetjolf returned and spake, To the council at Biela's mound I went. There gathered ring after ring sat the great chiefs of Helga's kingdom. Upon the judgment seat sat your brother. Nearby was Halfdan, careless and like a child. To the king I spake. Thy kingdom is in peril, and every strong arm is needed in the war. Give me thy sister, and I will lend to thee mine arm. Let us forget ill will. Here is my hand. Loud cheered the throng. A thousand swords struck upon a thousand shields, and the freemen cried, to him give Ingeborg strong his sword, and well he deserves our fair lily. Today I will depart, and will get for your brother the gold he craves. But we, my Ingeborg, will sell in Elida to a friendly land. A little earth from our father's graves will place upon our ships, and that will be our fatherland. Often has my father told of the beautiful islands of Greece, fresh groves of green and shining waves. There, golden apples glow, and blushing grapes hang down from every bough. There will we build a little north, more beautiful than this. Happiness stands near to human hearts if they are brave enough to seize it. Come, let us go. All is ready, and Elida stretches her shadowy wings for flight. I cannot go. Dear friend, be not angry. I will not steal my happiness. Last night I thought about my fate. I must remain obedient to my family. A child of the Northland cannot live in the South. And you, my Frithjof, must not desert the land you were born to guard. Let us yield to the voice of duty. Consider well. Is that your last resolve? It is my last but remember that my thought will follow you wherever you may go. When evening comes, I will send a greeting, and the fleeting cloud shall bear it unto you. You have conquered, my Ingeborg. A noble mind best teaches what is noble. Today I yield and leave you but in the earliest spring I shall return, and in open counsel of the sons of the Northland, who alone can give the hand of a princess, will I demand you. Farewell till then, for memory wear this arm ring, the work of Voland, graven with heaven's wonders. But the best of wonders is a faithful heart. So, full of hope, did Fritjof leave, but Ingeborg to herself said, No hope do I see, yet I am glad thy heart can hope. May all the good gods follow thee.